Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is One Hate Minute. Drop of a hat, these guys will rock and roll. What's your name? Wayne Grove. Look like gangbangers working the local 7-Eleven to you. Robbery homicides take you. Give me all you got! Give me all you got! I do what I do best. I take scores. You do what you do best. I'm trying to stop guys like me. A podcast dedicated to all 170 minutes of Michael Mann's L.A. crime opus, Heat, one minute at a time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to One Heat Minute. I'm your host, Blake Howard, and joining me for a super special One Heat Minute is... The Cinephiles. <laughs> and that is the cracking of a Captain Morgan run because not only is it Josh, not only is it one heat minute all star stew, but finally, finally, we've given we've taken the reins off of the man who is allowed to drink in this show. We've got Liam here as well. Here we go, crack it. Oh, isn't that lovely? It's the sound of freedom, Blake. <laughs> or as I like to call you, the man who brings me drinks. They said you'd never get him on the show. He's too hard. He's too hard. Well, my, he schedules too I, tough. I, I to did you tell my agent. Done. I told you, my agent to stonewall other podcasts. To be basically, fair. what you've done, you're you're the father of our divor- divorced family. <laughs> we try to keep a certain structure in Liam's life, and you come around every second weekend, <laughs> take him ice skating, <laughs> take him out to yeah. McDonald's, you shower him in treats. It's a cool. This is what He's we've the got. cool divorced dad. I'm the best. I, I am. If I could be anyone, it would be Ethan Hawke from Boyhood, and that's exactly what I'm going for here. Except just cut <laughs> me off in the movie before he goes all religious. Just cut that out. I want to be the dad driving the Camaro and 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 giving him life advice. That's where I want to be. Thank uh, you for having us on, mate. You're thank welcome. you very much, guys. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. It is crazy to think, but uh, we are in the downhill stretch. This is the 98th minute. This is show. intense. So yeah. this is getting very intense. Last time I was here was on our uh, Sydney Film Festival, oh, our big yeah. live show. That was great. Again, congratulations for thank, pulling that off. That thank was you, mate. And quite it's quite a night. I, I listened to the show back very recently to, uh, to you know, uh, I sort of put it away and I was like, that was really good. That's a nice feeling. And listening back to it, I was, I was even more thrilled because I was like, it sounds like we were having a really good time. We had a great time on stage. It sounded great. And I'm doubling down on the fact that Nolan's a hack. So, Chris Nolan, you heard it here. (laughs) You're sitting next to Josh. Yeah, I'm going to continue that theme throughout the... (laughs) (laughs) Can can I also say, Stu, there is one other person who's about to come up on the show um, who gave it to Chris Nolan at a live Heat event. His name is... Dante Spinotti, um, he ripped into him um, saying that, you know, he's saying that digital is better than film. If this film was shot in digital, Chris Nolan, it would be better than the film. And, I'm uh, telling you, he's had his time in the sun, Chris Nolan. It's all over. <laughs> Heard it here first. Great You're listening stuff. to this, I'm, out of here. I'm about to walk out. This no. is out of control. <laughs> and the cats are going with you. <laughs> Take your slings and arrows. All right. How are look, you coping with the cat house while you're recording? Look, I, the Cinephile's cat house is legendary for me listening to it. Occasionally on my treadmill, I feel like I'm choking on cat hair when I'm running on the treadmill at work so but now i look it's very 
very lovely. Uh, not as <laughs> caddish as I thought it was going to be. So thank you, Josh, for no, whatever. It's a pleasure to have you. And to your listeners who might not be aware, who maybe haven't have heard our show before, when we say cat house, it's not the, the other type, the fun type of cat house. It's literally full of cats. So, <laughs> it's literally yeah. the worst type. <laughs> yeah. If you had to describe a cat house that you didn't want to go to, you would <laughs> yeah. describe this one. Yeah. yeah. And we have to come here regularly. <laughs> Do you kids like asthma? Yeah. <laughs> Are you? Do you feel an? Do you feel a, an urge to itch yourself during a podcast recording? Well, welcome to Cat House Studios. Welcome. Let's get into it. Let's get into it, guys. Again, this is the ninety-eight minute of Michael Mann's nineteen ninety-five Chrome Opus Heat. If you are watching on the classic Warner Brothers Blu-ray, you are right on time. One hour thirty-seven minutes on the dial. And you're seeing um, a very young and spelt, but also um, what I like to call a, a, a sort of Liam-ish uh, version of um, Roger Van Zant, played by William Fickner, who's been in his office for days. Um, so he's now in here hiding away because Neil McCauley, the last time we saw Roger Van Zant was on the other end of a telephone, and Neil said those immortal lines... I'm talking to an empty telephone because there is a dead man on the end of this fucking line. Mm. And now we see him again and we get a little surprise from someone who we've been waiting to see for some time. So we're going to watch this minute together and then we're going to come back and talk about it. You hear from him yet? Not a thing. And not hearing bothers me more. Where's this guy? This guy here. We put him on. He says he knows Macaulay. Who are you? Wayne Grow. My name's Wayne Grow. I've been living in this office day and night. How well do you know him? Oh, we took some major scores together. How come I haven't heard from him? Well, he's probably busy right now. But he's real thorough. He ain't gonna forget about you. Oh, that's reassuring. Well, I got some moves I could make here. Probably be a big help to you. There it is. Look at that chin. Henry, we're freezing on Henry Rollins' chin. It's intense. Lovely dimple. He's so thick then. He was young. He is. He's a big man. He's vastly different to what we know him now. And the coif hair going on there as well. He's he's thicker than a Snickers back then. But the, the star of this minute. Is Kevin Gage's Wayne Grove. God, he's good to be back on screen. He just does something stupid, doesn't he? And he's got a presence. Like it, it and when we touch on the other live event we did, that was the notorious uh scene in the hotel room. He's still as charming as fuck when he comes on screen. Like he comes on with that there's that smoothness and he's the like a little bit intimidating, little bit of charm, little bit of mystery. I definitely don't find any smoothness or charm in him. It's all mangrove. In Wayne Grove. It's all menace. There's a bit of charm there, don't you um, think? Don't you reckon no. he's got like, those <laughs> well, eyes? Oh, I mean, if I'm you're not asking... those eyes. If, if you're, am I allowed to swear on... One on minute, I'll allow swear words. Oh, please. great. Yeah. If you're asking if I'd fuck him, yeah, I'd fuck him. <laughs> but that's not what we're talking about. You know, sadly, you're saying, would I let him take me out to dinner? Sadly, I don't think that's the question. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying Wayne Grove has a certain je ne sais quoi with the charm department? I think he does. Like, he walks in like he owns a place. He's, a little, he's got the swagger happening. Look at those eyes. I love how he leads with, like, his left eye. Yeah. Just sort of cocked towards Van Sant. 
He's what, and it's like glimmering almost. I think he picked that great Liam in that moment. I'm just trying to freeze frame it while we're talking is because he sort of postures himself beautifully between Van Sant and Hugh Benny. Mm. So he's kind of facing his chest towards Hugh Benny mm-hmm. and then marking Van Sant like, I'm not really sure what the hell's going to happen in this interaction, mm-hmm. but he's kind of a very aware. Well, he's got the triangle happening. Yeah. He's got yeah. an eye on each, and yeah. literally, he, he he's framed his body so that his feet are kind of pointing <laughs> towards both. Yes, which is quite frankly, when you don't trust these people, you're looking after number one. Yes, that's what he's doing it and right. It makes a lot of sense, but he does it, and I think to Stu's point as well, he does it so effortlessly. Like we look at that nice little bit of body language. There's so much to read in there. It's so perfectly, uh, so perfectly attuned to the situation, mm. but. At the same time, he's got that big, and, warm grin. And it's the same thing he lured in the prostitute with. It's the same thing that he's like, what? I'm above you people. I'm not of your world. Yes. I, come from a, I come from a far more dangerous place. Vance Hant, he's looking at him going, this guy's weak. Yeah. He's hiding out. And he, he, he you know, sums up that he's clearly living there. The place is a shambles. I like the, the Chinese boxes on the, uh, the little dolly in the background yeah. of Wayne Grows right as well. Yeah. There's a, there's a great, yeah. We just playing out the minute again, Van Sant is like, uh, I think that should be a look. It's like sleeping in your office is definitely sort of a chic that he's got going oh, on. Oh, Liam's quite it's, used to that. It's my <laughs> <Yeah>. style. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> if we go back to the very start of this minute and we're there now, this resonates particularly with Liam because you've got the, um, well, starting with Van Look, we'll get to the sort of uh, knickknacks that are around the office, but the, well, the, the glasses are fantastic. I'm more focused on the five o'clock shadow, yes, because that's uh, is it a five o'clock or a three o'clock? No. It's, it's not quite. It's, it's no, a good it's, one. It's three day old for a guy who the last time we saw him, completely beautifully slicked back hair. Yes, Compl- yeah. like he, he's a guy who's not shaving himself. He's paying for a cutthroat razor. He looks sharp. Yeah. He's sitting there. He's barely making eye contact mm. with people, and now dishevelled bags under his eyes. Five o'clock shadow, hair messy. I We're love tired. that they didn't overdo it here no, because you, you could have so easily overplayed this as the the nervous wreck and what have you. With, but with something as simple as the half smoked cigarette, sort exactly. of nervously dangling, yeah. would have been too much. And it's often with things like this. I just wonder the decisions. Like we talk about how anal you get with choices of look. Like, do you think he grew it a different length and man was like one more day? You was know it? What I mean? <laughs> and it was weird. I think it's one of the deleted scenes. It was meant to be here is when he told them all to get in the. Bruce Moose. <laughs> I said, get in. <laughs> he pulled the gun on him. Yeah, it's funny because he can't see his feet in the shot. Yeah. He's, I'm pretty sure he's wearing clean And that dolly boxes. definitely has jars of urine on it. I can see him. <laughs> well, then you get to what's around the apartment and you see clearly the pillow and the blanket on the couch yeah. to the right. That's in, that's in the, in the, we're right now freeze-framed at six seconds into this minute and the reason we're there is because we really wanted to pick up exactly what Liam picked up, which is this sort of like room service looking trolley, table, whatever, uh, a, whole, a few days worth of stuff. And what you said, Josh, there is like, do you think Michael Mann made him shave? I think Michael Mann made him stay in the office. <laughs> yeah. Until they came back to him. And yeah. this is exactly how it looks like there's look. a bottle of wine there as bottle well. Of wine. Yeah. And what do you think, who wins in a... Stoush between Hugh Benny and Wangro. It's got to be Wangro, doesn't it? It's got to be Wangro because I just feel like he's dirtier. Yeah. I feel like Wangro would do anything to survive. But I don't he's think like a caged animal. Maybe, but after seeing Wangro get the shit beat out of him at the start, I'm not convinced of his physical prowess. I'd be, but he's he's wily. See, he got mm. clocked by Neil, and that was like a punch straight out of Raging That's, Bull. Yeah. And he literally <laughs> thought he was off to go get his <laughs> share of the spoils as yeah. well. 
For the guy, and I'm being incredibly pedantic again here, for the guy who's so nervous for his life and he's got these, you know, professionals after him, if you will, you can see through the windows. Like, yes. it's not the most professional of blinds <laughs> no, he, going I don't, on I don't there. Think, I think we've become accustomed in CSI land to think that, like, a sniper is going to take him out here. But I love this frame. It's 13 seconds in. This is the cruddy sheets on a, on, a, on a really... Unco- clearly uncomfortable piece of furniture, newspapers all over the place, paperwork. I'd love to see this screenshotted next to the look of him when he was taking the phone call um, yes. to say, have we heard from him yet? And when yeah. he says, because I'm talking to a fucking dead man, because remember yeah. that shot, and I think it might have been that minute, ended on him sort of descending into the shadows when yes. he knew things were bad. Yes. And this is what's left with. But it felt like the desk was on another angle before because now it's like... It's just a shambles. It's a shambles. More of the Chinese food. More Chinese food point out. on the desk. What do you yeah. think he eats there? Kung Pao, Kung Pao chicken. Kung Pao General Tsao's chicken. chicken. Yeah. I feel yeah. like it's just a big box of Camel dumplings. Hump. <laughs> He's got no time to muck around with noodles and rice. He wants dumplings. Um, one thing I love... This is one thing I love about look look at look at Wango coming into this room. We're fifteen seconds. We don't really see him first. Look we left, see, look we, right, left, or right. Yeah, he looks at the. He le- doesn't look at Figner. Yeah, he doesn't look at him first. He looks. He's he's taking taking stock of the room. He's checking the corners. He's making sure he's not because this is a guy who's still himself on the run from Neil. Oh yeah. So he and he knows that obviously McCauley's not going to be in the room, but he still comes in, cocks aside. See, all right, am mm. I going to walk in here and I'm being sold out? Like this, he could have he could have been captured as a. As a peace treaty to Macaulay. This guy's a, the most amazing poker player because he walks into this room and he and Van Sant are completely on equal footing. Mm. Van Sant has tried to have him killed. Wayne Gross stuffed up their original uh, uh, their original heist with yeah. that brash decision. And he walks in and look at the swagger that he walks in. Yeah. So what is that? Like what? when I read him, I'm like, this guy has definitely – done wrong to other crooks and other crews and other people and he's just surviving flying by the seat of his pants because Van Sant is like crippled now. He's he's he thinks he's in this world and as you said, Wayne Grow is so at home. Even and he knows it now because he's gone bed on the couch, shitload of Chinese food. He looks stressed as hell. Your mind. I've got the upper hand here. Yeah, yeah. And that's and, when the smile comes and then on he starts to him more. To do the, oh, we've taken down a whole lot of scores again. <laughs> yeah. It's like Fucking no, you have not <laughs> taken shit. Dropping names and big noting himself. Yeah. There's this is the this is the time that you want to be that loud person in the cinema. It's like bullshit. Yeah. I worked for Biggie Tens and Smallie Fives. I've worked for them all, baby. The best and the worst. The shit aren't done. Don't call any of them, but just take my word for it. But yeah, 21 seconds in. If you guys like, I know there are some boffins who like to play at home. Just look at Kevin Gage. Taking him in, looking him up and down, like, and that's exactly that moment where you're like, "My eyes are up here, Kevin." <laughs> <laughs> they are a little low. <laughs> Wayne grow. Wayne grow. That is a charming smile. Oh, I don't care what anybody says, yeah, and it yeah. just it doesn't help that he's got those dangerous Fine. eyes. Fine, if you want to pass my number along to him, <laughs> you can. Do it. Stu. You've Do convinced it. me. We just have to send him to the cubicle where it's written. <laughs> I'm not passing him anything. <laughs> you wrote that there. <laughs> Given those directions, but yeah. um, but yeah, and, and Fickner's such a great oh. turn here. He's such a 
terrific character. Actor. I love William Finkner. Yeah, and, yeah he's and good in everything. He's amazing in this. He's amazing in everything yeah, he does. One of, we talk about, you know, that guy, and I know you've probably talked about it on the show already, but like just personally, he's one of those guys that I will always have as one of my favorites. Yeah. He's and amazing. And one of those guys that tends to not have their name remembered all that well. Well, he hasn't headline really well, that's, anything. That's what I mean. Like, he hasn't really been number one on the call he, sheet. He was the Finkner vehicle. He was the, it to us. was he the bad guy? And am I... I miss. I think I'm misremembering, but you might know. Is uh, wasn't there the new um, Lone Ranger? Was he the bad yeah? He guy was the villain. The, the villain. In the everyone's heart. I, I haven't yeah. had the displeasure of seeing the new Lone Ranger. <laughs> you are Although gonna watch it for You're going to watch it for this show. Because you claim it's a pride, right? It's a I, lie. I'd love to see him still at this stage reading for leads in big movies, yeah. like rocking up for um, lead of Guardians of the Galaxy or something, <laughs> telling his agent, I swear I can still do like, it. They'll <laughs> take me seriously one day. Who is this guy? Ben again, he- I recognize that name and they go, ah, uh, ah, uh, it's it's like the guy that kind of looks like Christopher Walken, <laughs> he's but a, it's not. He's a lot of fun in Lone Ranger. And that, but yeah. yeah, I've never seen him as, I mean, even in Go, he had a big part, but oh, he was he again, was so fun in Go. just a, a glorified Everyone cameo. is fun in Go. Yeah. Everyone is fun in that movie. Except bit. maybe Scott Wolf, but that's, that's for... Uh, uh, we will not besmirch the good name of Scott Wolf. <laughs> it's a good name. <laughs> Welcome to this is a one Scott go Wolf minute. House. <laughs> I, 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 this is stop, stop, go. <laughs> um, so I love this major scores together. The nod, the the assurance there, and and look at him. He's falling for the charm. He's, he's just, like yeah, the baby, mouth is open. Where are we going with this? <laughs> but but the fact that you know, um, I love Nate. In the uh, earlier in the film, which is John Voight's character, he sort of sets Van Sant up. He's like he's a businessman, like he's he's doing underhanded deals, but he's a businessman. Mm. And Ultimately, think, he's weak. Yeah, he's, he's a weak. He's, he's, he's a not businessman. We know what his motivations are going to be. They're going to be motivated by money, so we don't have to stress too much about mm. that. The thing is, I love in Heat when you you unravel a distinction between the layers of what is. I will do crime in business, but. Are you one of these guys? Yeah. <laughs> a, there is a difference between yeah. Van Zant crime, like this white collar BS yeah. crime, and the kind of crime that Wango does and the kind of crime that Neil does. Because Van Zant's looking at him, he's like, holy shit, does that guy have a scar? Yeah. Does he have a teardrop tattoo? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the look on Van Zant's face in this particular frame, though, it, it's clear to me, in my interpretation, though, that he's, he's still not aware of the no. fact that he's not a member of this world. He's oh. trying to sort of get involved in crime yeah. and he's just not there and Wangro as you say is on a completely different plane Wangro is the lion Van Sant's the guy on safari not realising <laughs> that if the lion turns on him he is fucked yeah, he thinks he's in control he is very much not so and the big question mark which is great in this particular frame you look at it 36 seconds in and this is Fichtner doing some phenomenal acting here is he still seems deeply unsure and so when at the at the close of this minute he looks over to Hugh Benny who he thinks is his guy like yeah. his guy that's in the shit has done it all and like he there's he, he's got to go oh they both have to take a risk here i don't know if it's, yeah, it's Rollins looks way. as dumbfounded as as Vigno, <laughs> now do you, sure. do you say when he's in the bar and says i'm a cowboy looking for some action mm. that this is at least to this that that call goes to Hugh Benny and he goes look i'll just let you know this guy's coming to my bar if anything comes up, and that's how Hugh Benny found him. 100%. Yeah. And he's back on the network that he's way. He's back on the network. So, and that- so Hugh Benny gets a call and goes, look, if you need a cowboy, I've got a guy. I know him. Because the bartender seems to know Wayne yeah. Grow, so he can vouch to him to, to Hugh yeah. Benny. Because Hugh Benny's like, I've got to can so, then bring a guy in. So it could even be the way that I would think about it is if Hugh Benny is making calls to those bars and goes, 
Does anyone know Neil McCauley? Mm. Just putting the feelers he, he's out. Going. Do you know Neil McCauley? Do you have any guys that have worked with Neil McCauley? Do you have any? Do you know Neil McCauley? Do you know Neil McCauley? Mm. And so if they're making calls. Nate would would. Nate would get onto that, but I don't imagine that Nate is as as overt as the other guy who's in the bar because Wayne Gray just walks in and goes, I'm a cowboy. That's how I think that. Yeah, but I get the sense that that was just a bar where that bartender was known to just hook you up. He's hooking up people, but I think equally it could be a call out. I think it could um, be a call in. Not only does he hook you up, he does a mean cosmopolitan. So, (laughs) (laughs) And and we'll crack a beer. Yeah. We'll we'll crack the top of a beer in the most brutal way possible. As the best match cut for snapping a young (laughs) underage prostitute's neck, (laughs) which... Is pretty much what was on their Facebook page. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you reckon of the uh, statue in this scene? I think his whole office is this beautiful, glorious shrine to 80s douchebag white-collar crime yeah, that's just like a led into the early 90s. Egyptian sort of marble thing, from what I can yeah, see. Yeah, it's, like, it's, mar- it's marble and it's headless, Yeah, which head- I think is... Because uh, it, statues no, is there, a big there are, thing there, in there, here, are no, right? there are no accidents. There yeah. are no accidents in this movie. He's the bizarro version of Michael Douglas's character in Wall Street. Yes, he is. <laughs> if he broke bad. <laughs> yes, if he did break bad. But, yeah, so I, I think, yeah, the fact that it's headless, he's clueless. And mm. I don't think anything is an accident here. And and the other thing that I really love is when he when he, when he turns back here and he looks at Wayne Grow and you see Wayne Grow in the room, he's standing next to, like, you. I think I think it was Stu who said, oh, no, it was maybe Liam was talking about a lion in the jungle. Or it was Josh. Mm-hmm. Lion, lion in the jungle. I don't realize there's a lion. There's literally... Actually, a zebra carcass chair that's in this office, <laughs> and it's like it couldn't be more apt that you know y- you are completely out of your depth, my friend. If you think you're hunting on the same playing field as these guys, you are really clueless. Oh God, he's so great. He is just and talk about a guy like William Fickner. We can we at least we see him around. Kevin Gage. Con Air. Have you guys done Con Air for Cinephiles We yet? did. It was like we our have. third episode. Or but something. can we say the world did not get enough? Good guy Kevin Gage, like he didn't. He's good hasn't guy done Kevin a, Gage. He hasn't done enough films. No, he hasn't done enough. Like he just missed this period. Like he could have been. I don't know what it was. What if he didn't want to or whatnot? But I feel like he could have been uh, done a lot more. You know, this was post Conair. No, Conair was ninety seven, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And what's yeah. his ninety five? Ninety five. The 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 thing that I wonder. There's an actual deleted scene on the new version of Heat, the def- director's definitive edition, not the one that we're watching right now. And it is a a scene where Kevin Gage is seen in Treo's house. So it's Hugh mm. Benny, Kevin Gage, and like it's all the stuff that we imagine in our mind that happened to Treo that we just stumble on in we this st- version. We, but but later, you actually you, or in the deleted scenes, you see him there, and he's twirling a baseball bat, and right. he's like. He's like almost Ledger esque. Yeah, it's, ah. it's creepy as hell. Yeah, more, um, more like Nolan ripping off Michael Mann. Oh, 100 percent, hundred percent. It's 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 bad, Josh. Have you seen Heat? <laughs> Have you seen this movie? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I hadn't heard about this before, but now that you're saying it, I'm going to have to look into it. Oh, you have to. The, I, I, Michael Mann, uh, Chris Nolan is the only other person in the world that could do a one meet, a heat minute podcast. Now, so you're yeah. trying to tell me that Chris Nolan is the happy meal version of Michael Mann. Like, no. So Chris Nolan has about, he's got two or three favorite filmmakers. Two of them at the top are Kubrick and man. And it's just as simple as that. If you look mm. at whichever mode, uh, modus operandi he's going in, mm. one of them leans heavily into Michael Mann, the other leans heavily into Stanley Kubrick. So if you look at Interstellar, it's all Kubrick. Yeah. If you look at something like The Dark Knight, um, you're looking at gritty 
gritty city life and that sort of and and again he sets it in Chicago and a lot of yeah. men stuff with Chicago. So you got thief, you've got manhunter, all like you know subjective stuff there, like big city life. You've got heat, which is LA set. And and collateral, you look at the imagery and you can just go, that's a man shot in a Nolan film. That's another man shot in a mm. Nolan film. That's another man shot mm. in a Nolan film. Well, I, I watched Heat for the first time ever two months ago. Yes. Actually, it might have been less. It might have been about six weeks ago. And it doesn't I, matter. I, I went <laughs> in and, and talked to these guys and, and said, um, like the first thing I said was like, Nolan stole the Dark Knight, pretty much every scene of the Dark Knight <laughs> yes. from this film. <laughs> yes. Like that shootout in that city... With the sort of lack of music in, yeah, it just was reeking of what Nolan's done, you know, 10 years later. William Fickner was in there. Exactly. Took a couple of yeah. people. I had never considered this before and now I feel like a fucking idiot. No, it's, 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 no, it's, <laughs> it's, watch it's, the shootout in this. No, in it's heat. really obvious now that <laughs> yeah. you said it. Watch, yeah. watch the stuff in the dark night and you're like, what yeah. the shit? Like, yeah. I was dumbfounded. I'll yeah. tell you one thing I noticed just in this minute as well, right towards the end, like the last few seconds we hear the score rolling in. Yes. Now, in the last... There's two scenes in, two scenes happening here that Goldenthal is deeply restrained. Like, it's so... But I think man is as well, because yes. in the last couple of weeks, between sort of my recent visits to One Heat Minute, I've gone and finally caught Ali and yes. the Insider. Yes. Insider, brilliant, but it, it... he goes almost... Gladi- Gladiator-esque with the score at the yeah, end yes. with the, the choir. And Ali is a lot – it's very bombastic. Yes. I find this – I prefer this version of Man yes. more stylistically and the music more restrained. In this, we sort of get nothing, nothing till the sweeping ones at the end. That yeah. They earn – the film definitely earns it. We, we talked about that yeah. when you popped on Cinephiles. But, yeah, I find there's little touches which I, I really like the restraint here because it's – We've spoken about before, like the opening sequence, that ominous just um, yeah. score rolling in. Is Wayne Grove wearing a, a crocodile skin he's, jacket? He is wearing a crocodile skin jacket. And he's... a spider tattoo is on his hand. Yeah. And some, uh, the, the, the lovely, ch- the crest of his chest tattoos, which is a whole bunch of uh, uh, Aryan Brotherhood tats. Uh, Michael mm. Mann likes. Mm. If Michael Mann knows anything about villains, he loves Aryan Brotherhoods. Modern yeah. neo-Nazis are usually in, in amongst the criminal uh, fraternity, and uh, and he's 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 got a few little markings of that, Mr. Wango. Well, mm. in this shot that has Wango on the right, the TV next to him, um, Henry Rollins in the shot now in the back of Fickner's head, and there's a painting on the left. Um, as we've suggested, we've got the, the zebra sort of... Um, the uh, zebra with chair. his jacket. Yeah, the crocodile, <laughs> crocodile skin jacket. jacket. Yeah. And now I'm wondering what that painting is on the left with a bit of foliage there, because I'm wondering if I've in inadvertently raised the jungle analogy <laughs> yeah. and I'm cheering myself home <laughs> yes, going, yeah. come on, baby. And, and everyone who's seen this film a few times is like, yes. Yeah, we know. <laughs> yeah, we, we know, know. idiot. Yeah. idiot. I never know. I don't, big dumb go. idiot. I didn't realise that when I brought it up. Now, but, but what's so funny is look at how out of place Henry Rollins looks like in this in this frame. What that, second are we at in this minute? We're at the 40th second. Of that the was my very next point. I'm glad you brought it up because I was going to ask Stu, who's around my age. Now, Stuart... Do you pine for the time when one could tuck your T-shirt into the pants with the baggy jacket over it's the top? It's glorious. It is. It is glorious. Now, like, and it's not a... But is, is that not a button-down that T-shirt? That jacket is three... Is it? That jacket like a t-shirt. is three sizes too big. It looks like a T-shirt. No, what his actual shirt... I thought is it was it? a button-down T-shirt that's done all the way up. Like a polo? 
Or you no, mean a shirt? Like a shirt that's, but I'm probably wrong. A button down t shirt, sir. No, a button Where down. Where do you shop? A button down shirt, I said. You button it down. <laughs> <laughs> Henry Rollins made a career out of getting around in the black t shirt. What are you talking drink, about? Stu. This is why we don't let him drink. <laughs> you don't have to put him to bed in Cinephiles. <laughs> What's a shirt? Oh, God, that's beautiful. But, yeah, no, I think you're, I think you're totally right. In this scene, in this scene, there's one predator in this room. Where Wangro's dressed like Kramer. <laughs> How many predators are there in this room? And he should have just slid in like Kramer. Like, in. Like, <laughs> there's an outtake. Whoa. There's an outtake where he opens it's the Chinese door. food is making me thirsty. <laughs> there's an outtake where he opens the door in that red light from the side. <laughs> I know Macaulay. I know Macaulay. Whoa. <laughs> oh, it's so great. Fickman does do like the straight white guy thing like Jerry Seinfeld very well. So, And Hugh Benny will be Newman. So this all works. <laughs> Hello, Benny. <laughs> Hello, Wangro. Look at that. Oh, he's a very impressive he's like, I've man. Got he instills, just oh. in these last few seconds, he instills a little bit more fear in, in Fingner's character, Vance Ant, here by sort of reinforcing that um, Neil knows what he's doing and he's coming for mm. you. And I, I think, again, it's sort of like passing on to uh, Van Zant that he just, you have no idea what you've done. And no. um, he's slowly, I don't know if he is realizing it. Maybe he never fully comes to grasp it. I don't think, in, at the end of this minute, I don't think that Van Zant or Hugh Benny. I don't think that they feel any more confident. I think that they're like the way that I the way that I read them. We'll get to the exact scene, but I want to just keep it on this frame at fifty four seconds, just yeah. for a second, to remind myself of the point. But I think that they both know they have no other option because they've already had no options. And the fact that this guy's even saying that he knows him in a in a crew that's so invisible in this town, yeah. it's like, well, okay, we've got to do what we've got to do. But did you notice the subtle shift change, his body weight? Yeah, he's he turned, moves, he's, he turned, turned his entire on. body. He's like, Hugh Benny is no longer a threat to him. Yeah, he's laughed no, at him. And now he's, he's chuckled like, at him. And, now and he's then like, he's turned full. I've got you. And yes. now I'll play. Because the thing is as well, Macaulay, like, it's not even on his mind to deal with no. him anyway. Like, he's not really coming for him now. Not now. So, but Wangro's like, he's a crook. What they do is they smell a weakness, and he's just going to exploit it. He's like, oh, yeah, oh, the boogeyman's out there, and just a good thing you've stumbled into my uh, <laughs> yeah. neck of the woods to look after you. To be fair, though, it's easy to assert dominance over the man who's been shitting in the wastebasket <laughs> under his desk for the last few days. <laughs> he's got the Costanza-style de- yeah. yeah. under the See, desk. in one of the outtakes... It was like Wayne Grows going for the door and Vigner goes, do you mind t- emptying this down the chute on your way out? Like, don't look I in said it. there'd don't be some dirty it. work to be done, yeah. then, my friend. This is job number one. Yeah. Or number two. Yeah. <laughs> Too easy. <yeah>. Too easy. <laughs> and so that final, that final, he's like, I've got some moves I can make. He's smiling and... I yeah, like, look at the look on his eyes. He's dumbfounded. He's like the big I'm, baby eyes. He, he doesn't. He doesn't know what's going on. I love. There's a subtle camera angle change there for the cut. Fifty-seven seconds. You get a great look at Fickner's face, and he, he doesn't look so, any more certain. So weak. and then he scans. That's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. He scans he looks, fifty-eight mm-hmm. seconds. He scans over to Hugh Benny and look at Rollins. Rollins, look at that. Look at his iris there. He has. Yeah. He's nowhere. He's no further uh, sure of what's going to happen yep. at all in any way. And they're, they're nervous, I think, for their safety slightly. They know what this caged animal they've got, or the wild animal who's about to be pacing <laughs> well, up and down. Rollins even the... seems to have his nostrils flared there. Yeah, he's 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 
he knows that he had. He, <laughs> I think when you bring that guy into the office, rightly so, it could be a really bad fucking decision for Hugh Benny because who's, who's Rollins' character? Because he's bringing him to his boss, going, "I found a guy who knows how to get us to kneel, and we're going to definitely do something here. I'm going to tip him off to the cops mm. or whatever." But this guy could just turn on them in a second, and he's not going to be able to stop it. Mm. One final point from me, obviously coming into oh, thank the end God. of the scene. I know. <laughs> um, Talking about these looks that are exchanged between the three of them, effectively, I think it cuts back to Wangro as well for a final glance. But um, is this the point of this particular scene that is ripe for the heat porn parody? Oh god! Where that's the moment <laughs> oh where the looks I are exchanged. I thought this is going to be Liam and Josh's. <laughs> Josh's Josh is snuck in from the side. Yeah, you yeah. say they're nervous or are they aroused? Heat. And the cinephiles edit. Just to let you know, the porn parody is called Meat. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to be called Beat. <laughs> oh, beat. Oh, <laughs> they both work. They both work. Oh. On that note. <laughs> oh, you can't take the cinephiles anywhere. No, a class this, is exactly, this is exactly what One Heat Minute occasionally needs, is, uh, is a little bit of an injection of the cinephiles. Um, uh, <laughs> a hot meat injection. Um, gentlemen, this has been... Uh, a lot of fun. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Hopefully, Thank you. With only like 190 episodes to go, <laughs> yeah. you, you have us back. But if yeah. Liam's offended you, we understand. He's, I, he does that. I always understand. In, in fact, there is a now there are 72 episodes to go. Wow. Thank you very much for having us, Blake. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, it's been again. wonderful. Thank you for being so patient with me and bringing me beer. No, rum, that, I should say. It is rum. And uh, no, the... It's a pleasure to have you guys on, and thank you for uh, constantly lending me uh, Mr. Stu here out of the Cinephiles to come over and uh, be a custodian of one heat minute along the way with me. So thank you so much, what? guys. This Take has him. happened more than once? <laughs> Stu, <laughs> explain yourself. Have him for good. Take him. He's yours. <laughs> what other podcasts are there? <laughs> Tell me. You've been stepping out with this strumpet. <laughs> That's the first time I've strumpet. <laughs> I can't wait to do an episode of the Cinephiles with you. Oh, so, well, come I'm, on, I'm, I'm thoroughly looking forward to it. Excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the 98th episode of One Heat Minute. You can catch us on another episode of One Heat Minute just around the corner.